Um, what about now? That's not bad. And what about now? Quieter. Oh, for fuck's sake. Hello and welcome back to episode 19 of Double Reel. This is the second reel of our monthly magazine-style podcast for film nerds. Hopefully you've caught up with the first reel, had a brief intermission, and refueled ready to take on this mighty second instalment of Nerdy Film Chat. If you haven't caught the first reel yet, please do go back to your app and download and listen to it, so you're up to date with all the features we've covered already this month. These include our roundup of news and spotlight on some of the films we watched this month, our classic and recommended feature on Eve's Bayou, our hidden gem Inherent Vice, the one that got away about Sergio Leone's Leningrad, and our remake Hate Watch of Miami Vice. Now in Reel 2, we bring you our big conversation where we tackle a weighty topic and give it a fuller, i.e. longer discussion. This month our discussion is a response to the tragic news from the film set of Rust, in which a problem with gun safety led to actor Alec Baldwin accidentally firing a live bullet, which killed the director of photography and wounded the director. The director of photography, Helena Hutchins, was 42 years old. She was an up-and-coming uh, cinematographer, uh, and sadly she was uh, declared dead soon after the incident. Um, since then, a number of concerning stories have come out about safety on film sets that we'd like to discuss in more detail. We obviously can't speculate too much about what exactly happened on Rust, because that's part of an ongoing investigation, but it has raised questions that uh, it seems timely to talk about. So, uh, first of all, welcome back to my co-host, James. Thank you for having me. Um, it's a bit of a sad one to talk about today, but it, it is quite important that it's kind of, you know, discussed and some awareness raised about it because it is quite alarming the details that are that are coming out about this. Yeah, and you you'll have seen the news reports pretty much the same as me, so you just know what's in the public domain, right? Yeah, I've I've seen the interview that Alec Baldwin gave in the middle of the road. He seemed to have been followed somewhere, and um, yeah. So yeah, it's it's just a very dark. It's a very dark kind of thing, isn't it? It's a dark event to have happened. It's and it's worrying the stuff that we're going to get into. It's really alarming that it was allowed to happen. Yeah, and it's not just you know. While we can't, uh, be, you know, we have to be a bit careful that the media will jump on one story and use it to extrapolate across everywhere, you know, in every film. But um, it does appear that there are some concerns. Um, I think the first thing is to say that obviously a film set is a, is a relatively dangerous workplace. There are not many places of work that you and I might, you know, work on where uh, you're dealing with things like explosives and large objects being dropped from a height onto a, or people being dropped from a height from the top of a building down, you know, down below. Um, guns being used where you have to be careful to make sure you're using blanks and that those, you know, there's that everything is being kept safe to the highest degree. Um, I can imagine the insurance premiums for, you know, working on a film set are quite high. Um, and and it is it is dangerous in the same way that, say, working in an industry that uses explosives for, you know, mining or other, you know, areas where you're, you know, digging holes or, or drilling holes or, uh, you know, working at great heights. Um, and I think we're kind of used to health and safety being, you know, some people say it's been rammed down our throats, but if you're operating somewhere, there is the opportunity for you know something quite bad to happen. Then that that person who's, who's banging on about health and safety and having to to obey guidelines and rules on health and safety um, are, are going to be very very important. Um, 
on on the story of Rust, what seems to have come out, and we don't know who made the mistake. We don't know what happened to cause this specific incident. But there are a couple of things we do know that have been reported on that are concerning about this film set. Um, the first one is a number of armorers, the person who looks after the guns on film sets, um, especially the more experienced ones, they turned down the opportunity to work on this film. Uh, the LA Times uh, reported that a guy called Neil Zaromsky uh, has spent three three decades in Hollywood working on movies big and small as an armorer, never on a Western. Um, he was thrilled to um, be asked to join the crew uh, of Rust, uh, the Alec Baldwin film in New Mexico. Um, so he said he was interested in it. So you start, you know, talking to people about everything on uh, to, to do with it. Um, you obviously start to getting into the detail of the um, the old West uh, pistols, rifles, and and so on that would be needed to to recreate the uh, the film uh, and how he would go about it. Um, but he said during the informal discussions with the managers of the film, he said he got a quote bad feeling. There were massive red flags. He said. Uh, he felt that Rust was too much of a slapdash production with an overriding focus on saving money instead of a concern for people's safety. In his opinion, and this is only his opinion, production managers didn't seem to value experience and were brushing off his questions. Uh, so he turned it down, and he wouldn't be the only the only person who did that. Several turned it down. The armorer they did hire, and let's not get personal about any of the people involved because we don't know what anybody did and, and, and uh, any of those things. But I think you have to acknowledge that the person that they hired was quite inexperienced. It was maybe uh, her, her second job working as an armorer. Um, she was only going to be paid eight thousand pounds, sorry, eight thousand dollars for working on the film. Um, and it's quite possible that she is uh, careful and uh, diligent enough to do the job of being an armorer, but perhaps not experienced enough to know that the end-to-end procedures that are going to attract these guns aren't good enough so that she may not be so maybe she she could easily have been doing her job properly but wasn't experienced enough to know that there were other problems in the way in which the guns were being managed and looked after on the set um but i think what we do know is that experienced armorers refused to work on this film an inexperienced armorer was hired and there does seem to have been a focus on cost cost above all in the making of this film yeah um I don't really have anything more to add in terms of what you've kind of just set up there. I think we should just kind of get into basically what's what's come out since. So, um, what I saw was is that basically the way film sets work is that they, for some reason, they had live ammunition on set. I don't know why they do that. That's that's the first red flag. But the way they they kind of relax people or kind of ensure that you know the actors or the director or whoever's filming the scene and whoever's there present that knows that the yeah. gun's um not going to hurt anyone is that they say it's a cold gun is that not what they say cold gun uh, that's what i saw reported so that's yeah that is the word so, they use allegedly the the assistant director called out cold gun it's a cold gun before um alec, alec Baldwin was given it by the props person or the uh the um whoever gave it to Alec Baldwin. So Alec Baldwin's then discussing with the director and the cinematographer. They've sat somewhere. I think it was in on the set somewhere, and they basically they sat with the shots going to be filmed, or where the scenes going to film, and they're trying to find the right shot. And Alec Baldwin's held the gun towards the camera, and said, "What if I do it like that?" And then shot like clicked on it, thinking there's nothing mm-hmm. in it. It's not going to make a noise. It's just going to be like a little. It's it, it's just a rehearsal, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's a rehearsal for the scene. And then what ends up happening is that there's a live bullet in the gun and it just it hit the cinematographer and killed her. Now, 
obviously the first thing I want to raise is that why would you need live ammunition on a film set? Ever. Unless it's the security guard on the edge of the film set, if it's a really high-profile thing. Um, which I suppose Alec Baldwin is a relatively still a big star in Hollywood. You know, I understand why the security team might have armed weapons, but I don't understand why uh, armed weapons, um, weapons with ammunition. I suppose why they would have live ammunition, but I don't understand why the props person would have that, or why they would have any access to that on the on the film set. I don't think it's necessary. No, I mean, obviously, I I don't know enough detail on it. I mean, except what I do know about film sets is that. Uh, the even the shots in which they're not expecting anyone to be in the path of, of a bullet, I, I'm not aware of any process that goes on in a film set that requires a real live bullet. Um, because if you if you want the thing that you know, someone's shooting tin cans on a fence or something, right? What what you actually do is the the special effects team wire up little explosives that make the can fizz off the uh, um, uh, the fence as if it's been shot. You know, it's like if you see a an arrow thudding into a wall on a um, on a set, they, they, there's usually some sort of special effects that have made that arrow hit there. Um, but with a, a live round, again, yeah, I, I don't understand what you would um, what you would do in that case. I, I do know there have been problems with um, other gun related accidents where it wasn't a live round; it was an improperly loaded blank because obviously a blank is not just a uh, a, a cap that goes bang it is actually like a it looks like a bullet and it's got a level of charge in it and it can leave residue in the barrel and, and that's caused a couple of things which we'll come to later but as far as we can see here yes it was a live round and no one really knows why that was the case we also know that there were a couple of other near misses prior to that incident don't we yeah there's just been loads of concerns raised I don't know if you want to if you want to discuss them or the what the examples you want to use because I, I I know that they've there was you know people had their concerns about the set but I've not actually heard of any of the the kind of prior or the, the near misses. There were at least two other incidents. One of them was a I think a, a misfire on one of the guns that suggested it wasn't being properly well something was wrong with it and another one was another an accidental discharge of of the gun um, but fortunately no one was hurt that time. So there had actually been warnings that something wasn't right and I think there had been people raising concerns on the set prior to that, saying this has been a problem. Um, so I think there's a couple of things that we know about this film. It's, it's low budget. Um, we also know that when there was an incident, some people walked off the set because they were in a union and they were saying this isn't acceptable. And then the union said, well, get get off if you don't feel safe. The, the set is, again, this is reported in the papers. So unless there's a retraction, we treat that as, as what's happened. The... Um, the film is alleged to have hired non-union people as if to say, well, if you don't like these conditions, we'll find someone, you know, more desperate to work than you who'll work in these conditions so that we know that they're cost focused. We know that there were people raising concerns. We know that there were incidents and then this um, uh, tragic incident occurred. So this will be thoroughly investigated uh, and there will, there will come some point where law enforcement and, and other people will, will come back with a, with a, a definitive statement of what went wrong and why on rust. But it does, it does raise the issue that there are dangers on film sets and times when that goes wrong, when perhaps th those dangers have not been managed as properly as they should have been. Yeah. I mean, it You'd think after the, the incident with Brandon Lee that you wouldn't ever want blanks on a film set ever again or that if you needed to have... If you had a f film where there was loads of 
you know, gunfights and stuff like that, that you, you would make it as watertight and as safe as possible. And this just doesn't sound like that. The fact that a, a gun can A, be loaded with a blank, because blank sounds pretty nasty after, you know, Brandon Lee was killed by a blank. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was a so, similar incident to that back in the 1980s on a TV set. Yeah, so if that if that can happen, then what films should be doing everything they can to make it as... Um, as safe and watertight as possible, and that's the fact that it's that's happening in a film in twenty twenty one with you know you know Ali Baldwin's you know a big star, so there's not like the unless they've blown all the budget on him and not been able to afford anyone that's going to do their job properly, but I don't know how you can declare cold gun when there's been live ammunition on set hmm. because whether there's a, like why I don't know why there's live ammunition on set in the first place, but it, it just seems really suspicious that the assistant director shouted cold gun cold gun and then. A bullet has gone and hit the assistant. Uh, has hit the cinematographer and the director. It's yeah. I mean, I think there's a couple of things to this, especially when something's an independent film. Uh, there's a. It's not really connected to anything like this because I think the original film wasn't really, um, uh, uh, you know, sort of very seriously intended. But there's a uh, a film from the '90s with with Steve Buscemi where the you know wild, crazy uh, uh, sort of scenarios on working on independent film are kind of played for laughs, but it did make the whole um, the whole thing look pretty um, uh, ramshackle. And you would hope that, that you know, this is the, um, uh, you know, you would hope that someone would take things like safety more seriously. But if the thing is, it's a, Anyone can pretty much make a make a movie, right? You got a group, of, a bunch of people. You know, it's not like being a you know a, a branch or division or department of a larger company. You, you, a group of people get together and say we're going to make a film. And while there are unions and and representatives who are supposed to sign off on wh- whether a film is being done properly, you can get non-union people and you can make a completely micro-budget film that doesn't follow these. So, I think part of the problem is you have dozens of films out there that are. Um, obviously from a reputational point of view and the fact that there are known actors in there and they're always going to be connected to the rest of the film industry in some way, whether it's for distribution, there's a lot of people out there making films and it's each individual department or each individual crew on that film could be, from what's coming out, quite low scale and not really kind of, you know, it's not like working on a on a Marvel film where you know that the the you know, it's it's part of a large corporate structure that that is meant to take all of these things really seriously. So it's quite possible you've got people out there, they're producing their first film, or they're they're wide boys who have a reputation for just you know going out there and shooting quick and dirty. Um, and maybe they're lucky that for the most part they hire people with experience in the film industry who actually do their best to to make sure that everything's safe. But with this cost cutting and with this you know just cutting too many corners that sometimes these things are going to go wrong just because not everyone is applying to that standard, you know? Yeah. I think what's, what's kind of like tragic about this one is that, you know, we've had instances of like, you know, stunt men and women, you know, you know, being in a motorcycle crash on the set or, you know, dying, but not that it's, it's not sad, but like they, that's kind of what they signed up for kind of attitude towards it is that, you know, they're a stunt. They're a stunt person. If they get injured or potentially die during 
during a scene, then you know that's kind of what the insurance and waivers are kind of for. But the fact that it was just the the cinematographer and the director who had you know, don't really put themselves into that kind of danger, don't put themselves in that kind of dangerous environment. The fact that it was them mm-hmm. shows that there's been really serious misconduct because a stunt person puts themselves in dangerous situations. It's still sad if a stunt person dies because nobody wants anyone to die when they're, you know, yeah. they're, they're filming a movie. It's... I mean, the thing is, one of the... Um... Uh, the listener messages we got is from someone who works in the industry over in the States, uh, a crew member, didn't say specifically what, but he said on a, on a, a television show, pretty, pretty sort of major television show, I think it was Titans, um, where somebody died uh, because an explosion um, went off too early because of faulty wiring. Um, yeah. So uh, we do we do operate, or they do operate in, a, in an industry where um, there is enhanced risk. Um, but I mean, perhaps if we if we go back over some of the sort of significant incidents that that have gone on where people have died or there's been you know serious problems on on film sets, the um, the big one you mentioned was Brandon Lee. He was uh, he was killed when the, the there was a part of the wadding that goes into the barrel of a, of a blank uh, firing gun was left in from the last round or wasn't put in properly, and essentially a uh, a projectile was fired out of the gun, which wasn't a bullet, but it was clearly enough to kill um, Brandon Lee because he was being shot at, you know, being shot in the head at quite close range. And uh, tragically, a, a young man um, uh, had his life cut short uh, almost before it had even started. I mean, all, you know, doubly tragic because he he lost his own father at a similarly young age. Um, there was a non-fatal incident, but it was one that kind of attracted some. Uh, uh, some attention at the time in which Harrison Ford was injured because the the one of those fast opening and closing doors on the set of Star Wars The Force Awakens shut on him and, and broke a few of his ribs um, because those doors aren't like the doors to like a tube train or a supermarket you know, they open and shut you know and, and you know and they you know they shut on him as he was walking through and he wasn't meant to and it was a malfunction and he was injured I mean even something as simple as that that's not even meant to be a you know involve a gun or an explosion can injure somebody on a set. Um, yeah, it's, and obviously, people. I mean, there's a catalogue of injuries that Daniel Craig has suffered during the the action scenes that he's he's been in, in 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 his films, which isn't really a safety issue. It's a wear and tear of these physical um, incidents issue. And um, Russell Crowe had similar ones on on, on Gladiator, you know, rupturing his Achilles tendon, and you know, because of the, the, the physical demands of his role. So there is going to be danger on a set, you know, greater risk of in, injury and, and, and more on a set. Um, I guess it's a question of where do you draw the line at acceptable risk, right? And surely it's not an acceptable risk to um, uh, for, for something as, as clear as that to not have been properly carried out. Do you know what I mean? There, are, there will be stunt, stunt performers who, who are jumping off things for whom there is going to be a level of risk, and they must look at it and say, "Look, if I don't get this right, I, I, I could die." And, and stunt performers have died, um, but they kind of know what they're going into. Some of these ones, that people have been completely ambushed. That wasn't meant to blow up. Then that gun wasn't meant to go off with a live round in it. And I think that's probably where people are drawing a line in their own in their own minds, looking at these at these incidents, right? Yeah, like, like I said before, with the stunt men or the people in the even the actors in the film. 
when they when they're told what the scene is and they're trying to block it out and figure out what's going on, they're gonna have to accept that if they want to do the entire scene themselves without a stunt woman or a stunt man, whatever, they they can get they could potentially get injured. Oh, I've got to I've got to run, I've got to sprint full pelt. You could you could hurt your leg then. You could trip and you know break a wrist or something like that. So there's always risk with everything. It's just about eliminating that and doing that as safely as possible. I think. I don't think Daniel Craig would particularly resent the fact that he's maybe hurt his knees, you know, by all the running he's done because he did sign up to it. And if he didn't want to do all the running on his knees, he could have got someone else to do it. But if there's been injuries up to Daniel Craig where, you know, it was the fault of the props department or it was the fault of the stunt team or it was the fault of, you know, X, Y and Z or somebody's job to eliminate the risk. The lift, the, the risk has to be minimised as much as it can for it to therefore be acceptable. And mm-hmm. it's obviously not acceptable if there's fucking live ammunition on a set. I, I, yeah, the, there's like, another side to this. When you some of the more famous incidents that have uh, that have gone into uh, sort of film history of of terrible incidents, there was a horrendous accident on a film called The Cannonball Run, um, which is just a silly comedy. But Reynolds and, and and sort of various you know stars of the day back in 1981 that involved a lot of racing and car crashes, and one of the scenes involved a stunt car. Um, Similar to the one that they that, that gets talked about in Death Proof, the Quentin Tarantino film, where the the, the car's designed to be crashed, uh, and there was a, a woman stunt performer in the passenger seat, uh, standing in for one of the actors, uh, and the I think the seat belt or the maybe she didn't have a seat belt on or the harness that she was meant to be wearing malfunctioned and and she was paralysed. She suffered life changing injuries, never worked again, never walked again. Um, and there was a, a film called Fitzcarraldo directed by Werner Herzog, who was one of these, you know, uh, maverick directors who insisted on going all the way to the edge for his vision. And they were lifting a, a boat over a hill in, in South America because the historical character that they were, that they were depicting in the film made his, you know, native, um, uh, sort of laborers lift a, a boat over a hill from one piece of water to another so that he could carry on in his grand vision. Uh, and someone died because because that went wrong. Uh, Uma Thurman complained about the way she was treated, treated by Quentin Tarantino on the set of Kill Bill because there were car-related uh, stunts and she felt that one of the stunts that she was being asked to do wasn't safe and he felt like she was... She felt like uh, Tarantino pressured her into doing it and she was injured in, in, in that stunt. Um... And you've you've got ones where people haven't. There was no injury, but um, uh, but when you look back on how that that film was made, that it was perhaps a little bit insane that they went they went on like they did. The the famous car chase in French Connection, which we talked about on on, on a previous podcast, and saying what an amazing kind of realistic car chase, that was unsafe. They hit a bus because they didn't stop the traffic. They wanted it to look realistic, so they drove a car at unsafe speed through normal traffic and the car hit a bus and hit a pillar uh and and afterwards William Freeman says I was an idiot I should never have done that um but but sometimes you have this the director's vision is so important that they've got to go ahead and do it I mean to the extent that someone got killed there was a film called Shark in 1969 I don't think it was meant to be called Shark but they were filming a lot of underwater sequences and one of the stuntmen was reputed to there's no evidence or footage of it it's a really weird story but he's reputed to have been killed by a shark and during an underwater sequence um uh because they were you know they wanted real sharks so it would look realistic one of the sharks bust through the protective nets and, and killed a performer 
uh, and you know we you know we talked in in real one about Miami Vice that was a troubled production and there was talk about some of the sets being unsafe because they insisted on filming in in in, in certain locations that looked as dangerous as they were meant to be in the film and they had they had trouble with like some of the dodgy characters that that were around and guns going off and Jamie Foxx didn't want to keep filming outside the states because he didn't feel like the film sets were safe and i think there's this element of how many sacrifices does everyone have to make for this directorial vision to make it realistic for the audience? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I think that's just, that's directors getting caught up in their egos there. Um, I think, you know, back in the days of the French Connection, those kind of films, there wasn't really much option to do that if you were that desperate for the shot. Otherwise, you couldn't really make that film. So if it was me, I would have said, well, we're not putting anyone's lives in danger and putting them in with, you know, a really hungry shark or we're putting them in traffic. I would have said, well, we're not doing that. We're going to find a way to do it where nobody gets hurt and it costs more money and the studio lets have more money that's fair enough but you know back then there wasn't much option nowadays yeah there's so much cgi everything's much safer in terms of even the cars we're using everything is to a different level and there's more money and more budgets that are put into into films so there's no excuse for it now because it's the director's vision um or anything like that which yeah. is which is a real shame those people had to go through that but um, yeah, you would think that like people are just, like you say, more safety conscious and have better solutions nowadays. And it does seem that the biggest concern people have now is the cost cutting in some of these smaller productions um, because it's feast and famine in the film industry, isn't it? Because Marvel has 200 or $300 million to make a film, uh, whereas these smaller films, they don't have that. And they're trying to, um, they're trying to make their film uh, with clearly an inadequate budget. There was a story... And this isn't connected to safety, but there was an interview with Richard Dreyfuss about the last film he made about um, it was to do with astronomy or with people kind of looking at the night sky and something like that. And there was a shot where they wanted to get a shot of the stars. And Richard Dreyfuss was saying, it was a bit foggy tonight. Can we maybe wait for a clear night? The weather forecast on Tuesday says it's going to be a bit clearer. We can maybe set up the crew and, 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 sh and shoot that again. And 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 the 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 producer or the director said we just don't have the money for it. We're going to have to go with the shot we've got because we simply don't have any more money to do that shot again. And he said you either you either have like two pound fifty to make a film or you have a billion dollars to make a film these days. Um, that appears to be the problem. It appears to be the problem that the cost cutting that's going on on the studio sets aren't safe. They're more they're more dangerous than the average set. I mean you know you know. You and I have both worked in places where you drop something on your foot, you have to fill in the accident book, right? And you think, oh, come on. But yeah. the only reason your workplace is as safe as it is is because someone is being that anal about every aspect of health and safety. Um, whereas on a film set, you, you're essentially saying, look, we're going to knock this gantry over and you're supposed to dive out of the way in time, you know? And there is going to be a greater level of risk. But I I think the what you've described as the level of, Look, we just need to spend the money required on making this safe, and we need to make you know we need to protect people. It's also it, yeah, especially American Hollywood. It's a it's a capitalist industry. It exploits people, and I think there are people there, you know, essentially looking at the bottom line before they look at anything else. Yeah, no, it's it's you know it's a it's a money hungry you know industry, and they don't they they care about the how they're going to line their pockets before they consider the safety of anyone else. And it's, it's not entirely surprising that these types of things happen. I'm, I'm surprised it doesn't happen more frequently because of the the 
self-centered obsessive egos of directors and studios but yeah there's no excuse for it there's, and what they'll do is they'll have like the whole they'll set up a, a gofundme to pay for the cinematographer's funeral and the medical bills for the director and it'll be all all sad 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 run then the, for a while and then the 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 coroner's report will come out, someone might get convicted of manslaughter, blah, 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 there'll be a big payout somewhere, and that'll be it. There won't be any reform, there won't be any safety increasements. People will say they'll do more safety, safe things, but really they don't care at all. Yeah, I mean, do you do you watch BoJack Horseman, or have you watched BoJack Horseman, the animated uh, no, series? No, I haven't. So that, that shows about a number of things. You know, it's about an individual with addiction and personal problems, and it's it's brilliant. Um, but it's also quite a quite a scathing sort of skewering of like the Hollywood scene, um, and they they did a, at least one episode, possibly more, about oh, there's been a mass shooting, lots of people have been killed, and uh, and they also look let's let's just give our thoughts and prayers, you know, because we can talk about gun control and how it's all terrible and how all this is awful, but we're all we're all going to go and make films next year that have got loads of guns being fired, you know, a million rounds a minute. Um, so we can't really be seen to say too much about this. So let's give some thoughts and prayers, wait for it to go quiet, and then stick another violent film out. Um, and, and as the audience, maybe we're, maybe we're complicit in this because we want to see, you know, I think we've all done this, you know, whether the the film's about to start, especially on television, and it says, warning, this film contains, you know, sex, violence, nudity, and scenes that some viewers might find disturbing, and we all go, oh, good. It's bound to be good then, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, we want to watch people getting punched. We want to watch violence. We want to watch explosions. And we want to watch that because we've got to... We, to us, it feels like it's safe, doesn't it? We don't, you know, you wouldn't want to be in a hostage situation in your own life. You'd need therapy afterwards. But watching a film about a hostage situation is really exciting. And it is like this vicarious thrill that you know human beings have a need to just get that adrenaline flowing from, from time to time so we are we are complicit in demanding that if we all demanded that everyone make Ingmar Bergman films about the uh the the the, the fragile state of human relationships with um beautifully written perfectly balanced uh, you know screenplays and and then the acting of Max von Sydow and and so on just just bringing it perfectly to life we wouldn't have accidents on set except when you know, I don't know. Maybe the an actor trips over, you know, or spills coffee on themselves. Um, so we are we are demanding films that contain risky content. Um, yeah, but with that, I think there's also a kind of an not even an expectation, but a kind of belief amongst the audience that when these things are made, you know, they're done as safely as possible. It's the same it's way. It's not real. The same way that when you go to a restaurant. You're um, you're expecting the food to be cooked properly, and you're expecting mm-hmm. it to be safe, and the people to wash their hands. It's just an expectation mm-hmm. that you're you're wanting something that you're going to enjoy, and you enjoy it because because it's you know you presume that it's you know it's all been done properly. So you know, therefore, it doesn't you know it doesn't mean it, it can't be done, or that you know it it, it won't be done. Therefore, we're to us being complicit and I don't think we're necessarily complicit the movie industry is a movie industry that makes loads of money because it's it's entertainment it's an, it's an escape from the monotony of everyday life it's and if it means that the, it, those films have to be more and more thrilling each time because because they're action films and they need to do all these big stunt pieces then so be it but there's there's nothing wrong with the audience expecting a film to be good and also subsequently safe uh, personally, I don't think it's an issue. Hmm. 
Um, oh, I don't. I don't think. I don't think the audience is the problem with that. No, the no, no. I mean, I, yeah, pressure I'm just on the directors to. No, no. I just the, the audience isn't putting pressure on directors to do these shots uh, when it's foggy or do these shots with cars that aren't safe. We, the audience is the, the the director's putting the pressure on the crew himself or herself. It's nothing to do with with us. It's it's no. I think it's there's no. I don't think even there's an excuse or anywhere to put the blame other than the people in charge of the movie personally yeah obviously the and exactly as you say people aren't going to stop wanting to watch exciting films that portray danger but they are going to want their um their expectation that it's all make-believe and all safe to be confirmed aren't they? You know, you know, it's all very well, you know, Tom Cruise is, is make, is the star and producer and in control of his Mission Impossible films. So if he wants to to literally jump out of a building, uh, you know, and abseil down the side of it or parachute from a hundred thousand feet or leap from building to building and not just potentially, but actually injure himself, um, that that's fine. As long as he's not putting anyone else in danger. Right. And obviously we do, I think we do like to see someone, go to the edge but it's still their choice right it's still their choice all we want to do is see something that looks exciting on screen um so perhaps what will happen is that people will want to be reassured that what's happening is safe and perhaps the 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 industry is going to need to look at this and say we need to do things more safely and human ingenuity can do a hell of a lot um, you know, there, there have been a number of times through history where people have said, you've got to stop doing that. And people come up with a way of doing something different. So the industry is going to have to do this, but, um, g- good procedure on the, on the handling of firearms, for example, and f- explosives and all this stuff. It's, it's just a, that's non-negotiable, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, there's, there's no excuse for it not being done personally. I think it's, it's. It's almost non-negotiable, you know. I think that's that's the pull of the Mission Impossible films because Tom Cruise does all of his stunts himself, despite him being about ninety years old, and he does these stunts over and over again in all of his films. Whether it's the Mission Impossible, but he does all of these thrilling stunts. But yeah, he's always he's always made sure it's it's safe. You know, when he did the Burj Khalifa thing, there were, there was a risk that the wire could have snapped, but it was done to the the highest professional level of safety so that we know he's he's going through it properly have you seen him going off his nut during the filming of the mission impossible the covid stuff yeah to be fair he you know he said you know first of all he said we've got to keep each other safe second of all we don't want to get shut down people are going to lose their livelihoods um so you know he's doing it to the highest level he's yeah he doesn't yeah so yeah you're you're right he would because i saw an interview where he said he, he, he does research and development into his stunts and i went well that sounds like a grand term for it but when you see when you see how elaborate his, the the films he makes are, it probably is that he probably does have one someone saying um, the wire needs to be this thick, and you can only do it for this long. And if if you stick within these parameters, then it's safe. Yeah, um, and uh, knowing our luck, the next mission, the next film Tom Cruise goes to film, he'll die in it because we've said this. But fingers crossed he doesn't, because I I do actually enjoy his films. Yeah, but you know. The, the, you can do it safely, and you can. The Mission Impossible films are expensive, mate, but they're not. They're not more expensive than a, than any film that 
the Force Awakens. I don't think Mission Impossible films have ever had a budget bigger than the Force Awakens did. Yeah, and if you can't do it safely, don't do it, right? Force Awakens managed to fuck up and injure Harrison Ford. So, you know, it's nothing to... I think it's just to do with laziness. I think people need to make things a water time. Sometimes people just forget. There'll be times at work where I'll forget to do something. Like, uh, if I don't make sure that the, the freezer doors are shut and they start defrosting, I could cost uh, my company, you know, hundreds of pounds in stock. And that, that has happened, not to myself, but to colleagues. Mm-hmm. So sometimes you just forget. But, you know, at my work, it's very rare that someone's life is on the line. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, in films, because they're pushing the stunts out there, the life is online. But with that comes the demand to be safer and making sure there's extra research and extra measures that need to be done. And I don't think they're doing them. They're obviously not doing them because, you know, someone's been shot in a film and I know it sounds bad to say it again but she shouldn't have she had very little risk the person behind the camera should never really be in that much no because film. because if some look you know you know what it's like right you, you we we've looked at great movies where um you know we talked about the bond films but there's other films where someone's firing a gun directly at camera it's kind of an iconic shot right and if that needs to be a blank so that it's got the right, you know, sound and so that the smoke comes out the gun and you're worried about safety, what do you do? What do you panic? You know, you stand back from 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 the guy firing the gun, you know, further back and you use the fucking zoom lens on your camera, don't you? Right. Yeah. So that it looks so that it looks like he's two feet away from the camera, but he actually isn't um, that, you know, but but what they were doing there was they were they were rehearsing a shot with with what they thought was an empty gun. So someone does not, you know, the, the the most horrifying thing about it is this This is someone, and Alec Baldwin must be in pieces right now, right? My heart really goes out to them. That's horrible. I mean, notwithstanding obviously, that... Obviously the family of the of the woman, I can't, what's her name again? Um, I don't want to get it wrong, given, yeah, you know, out of respect for her. Uh, and I hope I'm pronouncing this name right. Um, but it was Helena Hutchins is her Helena name. Helena Hutchins, I've got her family down. will also be torn up, but, you know, it's... It's tragedy because when when you when you suffer a loss, you want to be angry at something. Or, but from my experience, you want to be angry that yeah. this this grievance has happened. And you know you can't really be angry at Alec Baldwin in that circumstance. Someone's made a fuck up, and they're going to they should have the book thrown at them. Yeah, I mean, obviously, notwithstanding that Alec Baldwin was a producer on the film, and you would have thought if these concerns had been raised, and again, I don't know what he you know he might not have known that these concerns have been raised. It might have been someone else's job to worry about that. Um, but yeah, but in in the main, what's happening is, is that some people are standing there doing something which they think is going to be completely safe, and um, the the shock and the the tragedy of it is, is horrific. I mean, you know, you do ha- you do have stunt performers who say, "Yeah, I'm gonna f- I'm gonna drive this 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 car over this ledge, and I know there's a chance that I could die." Yeah. Um, and that would be tragic, but the people doing that are a special brood of people that are meant to do that. But this was just a woman with kids, uh, or a man with kids with the same, just an ordinary person, just doing a, just looking down a camera lens at going, oh, does this look right? And doesn't go home that night. It is, it, it does give you pause. And I think what's got to happen is that film sets now are going to have to be um, more rigorous. There's going to have to be someone whose job it is to be a dick about health and safety. Because you might not like that person, might that might be the might be the person that you want in your secret Santa at the end of the year. But that person who's a dick about health and safety is the person who's actually doing a very very important job to keep everybody safe. Yeah, and they yeah. they simply can't get away from it. 
And if 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 people knowingly make do something more dangerous because that's how they get off, and people jump out of aeroplanes, right? Um, famously, the the racing driver Nicky Lauda says, uh, "Every time I go out on, uh, well, he said because he's dead now, but every time I go out on on the track, I know there's a twenty five percent chance that I can die, and that's acceptable because I know I'm good enough to manage that risk." He's made that choice, right? Um, but stuff that's meant to be safe you know, has got to be looked after with a great deal more care. And and cost-cutting, I know everyone's talking about cost-cutting and COVID and everything else, but people really care. You know, Jeff Bezos is, you know, it, you know run, runs Amazon and they make films. He's got more money than God. He could he could make sure people have got enough money to make their films. Netflix could make sure they've got enough money to make these films. There's got to be some kind of rule that says you, you need to be working to a standard. Otherwise, don't make the fucking film, mate. You know, do Shakespeare in a park. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Like the, these independent films have obviously got it harder, but even again, there's no excuse for that. If you're an independent film and you want to make an action film, then you got to beg for that budget, you know, rather than wish someone, you know, dying. Yeah, and and we we covered a film because the the guys uh, he works in the film industry, uh, and 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 pr- we pr- we had a look at that film. Who's with me? Um, that was a, a lockdown film and and was essentially a a two hander where they've only really got a room and a person and a, and a voice on the other side of a wall to kind of create a drama. And they did create a drama with it. You know, it was an interesting film. And, you know, I, I remember watching that thinking, I, I hope this person gets a shot, at, 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 you know, with a bit more resources to make something more interesting next time. You can make a drama out of anything. Um, you know, and if you are going to try something more ambitious, you know, only do it if you can do it safely. Uh, that feel that feels like that ought to be like something that needs to go without saying. But I think it, we've learned in this recent tragic event that it, it needs bears repeating, right? Yeah, it's not acceptable. It's all about understanding the risks, but also the limitations that come with the risk you might be putting someone in. So there's, if you can't do it with, without the almost certainty that everyone on the film is going to be safe and don't do it. Make Generate the thing on the computer. It's the way I say it. I know we moan about CGI all the time, but if it means less people are going to get hurt, then absolutely. Well, that, I mean, that, that's the whole point. Again, it's it's about um, the, the, the one thing that should be stretched to breaking point is, is human ingenuity, right? You know, send, send, send your cleverest person out to come up with an idea. Because... You know, before before all this, when people were making movies and they had censorship, they had limitations with the sound equipment because you're trying to make talking pictures in the 30s, or they had, you know, they couldn't shoot in color, um, or they had limits to how much they could shoot on location. They had to come up with all kinds of, of ingenious ways to make the film look good. And those are some of the great movies of all time because talented people will do something creative even with their limitations. There's something to be said for not letting people do exactly what they want is to actually say no you've got this limit now what are you going to do how are you going to make this interesting because actually that's when interesting things happen on film um and everyone's had to work with those limitations obviously spielberg can do what he wants now but some of the some of the genius of of the movie jaws which we talked about on the, the music episode was that he couldn't show everything he wanted to because the mechanical shot didn't work what he didn't do was say hey richard uh robert fancy getting in the water with a um with a real shark then because the mechanical one's not working do you know what i mean he got John Williams to come up with some clever music and, and, and got his editor working, you know, overtime, you know? If it's good enough for them, then it's good enough for anyone, right? Yeah, it's not it's not rocket science, you know, it's... it's like, 
yes. it's a tragedy, it's a shame. Yeah, so obviously we, we have to stress that we, you know, we are we have no insights other than what we've read in the press and anything that you read in the press in the immediate aftermath of an incident comes with a health warning. At some point there will be a, a full inquiry into what happened on the film set of Rust and maybe we'll, we'll do a follow-up then to, to see exactly what, what, what came out of that investigation. Um, we've only tried to discuss this because, you know, cinema is... Uh, is an art form that we love 